0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon three hundred, and you can follow our main account at Bears on Tap. Today, I'm joined by my co-host at Joey Knows Nothing, Mr. Joey Ricotta, and then I'm also joined by at Buck Stats, Quentin, Mr. Bailey's app is fearless. I'm Not afraid of him either, though interesting interesting like mini little bye week because your last game's on a thursday and then you end up playing on monday night football us as bears fans we all know how we feel about playing on primetime, but maybe it gave them a little bit more opportunity to get prepared for a battle with the hoodie man himself bill belichick and the new england patriots but before we get into today's show let me check in with my co-host because i know it's been a little while since you've talked to the cheese man so how are you my guy
1: good halftime rituals aside um Doing and feeling pretty good. I'm ready to talk about another potential Bears loss, so let's do it. How are you guys doing?
0: Hey, the Bears did not lose on Sunday. They got that out of the way on Thursday, so at okay. least I was able to enjoy my Sunday. But, Quentin, how are you, my guy?
2: I'm doing good, man. I'm just trying to grind through some uh, some New England tape, try to get a good feel for this team, and they're they're very well-coached unit. Very well-coached.
0: I think that goes without being said because they do not have like a team that you would expect for them to be performing the way they are. But if you look at Bill Belichick over the course of his career, it's never mattered to the Jimmys and Joes. It's the X's and O's. And like you said, very well coached team. They perform above the level that you would expect, given the players that they have on both sides of the ball for the last few weeks. Like like you see in your name, Bailey Zappi, they've been playing a third string quarterback. That guy took Aaron Rodgers to the edge of extinction. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers had to play teams from New York. And and then he – that's luckily where I'm finding some solace in this season is that, like, we stink. That's fine. But at least it's not the Packers that are just, like, the best team in the division by a while. It's the Vikings right now, and you know – by the end of the season, it will probably be a little bit of a tighter race, but this might be one of the worst divisions in football right now if we look at it.
2: Don't sleep in the Lions, bro.
0: As long as we don't finish last, I will be okay with this season. As long as we don't finish last.
2: If we let the
1: Lions beat us in this division, I think you can officially say that this season was a failure. Um, even though, like – the whole Justin Fields developing thing. I think that would just be a disaster. But, um, yeah, the Packers are about the only thing that's keeping us probably sane. It's watching their failure and how awful. They can't throw a deep pass. They talk about the Bears offense. They cannot throw the ball deep at all. And a lot of that's on Aaron Rodgers. So, good for them.
2: Yeah, well, and I, in- Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting. They uh, A lot of their offensive issues are pretty, like, by the numbers similar to the bears which is weird because they're not like even though gets from green bay they're really not running that similar of a scheme like they're doing things pretty differently i mean some concepts are really similar and close but like the general thought process behind the way they're doing stuff is pretty different but they're both throwing a lot of screen passes and a lot of deep passes without much in the middle which is just uh, I'm not exactly sure why, but they're they're having some a lot of same issues that the Bears are right now.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think just where we are at, are at in our season, it's good to get a little bit of a break. But the team that we're playing is a team that is by all stretch of their imaginations and their fan base, a team that they expect to at least compete for a wild card. And the expectation going into this game is that we're probably going to get blown out again on prime time, which. I mean, Buckus, you put out, or Quentin, you put up the the best stat that I think I've seen in Bears history after the loss in primetime. Just the point differential, the amount of times we've lost in a row, like <laughs> it's sickening, sickening shit. But talk me off the ledge and and tell me where we can beat this team because I personally don't see it. By the end of this show, I'll be convinced. But <laughs> it doesn't take a lot, okay?
2: So I mean, I think the way the way you beat the beat the Patriots. You gotta outscore them. I mean, which sounds easy with what a fifth round, fourth round rookie quarterback starting for them, but it's not. Yeah. This defense is nasty. Like they're they're not the most talented unit ever, especially not in the f- the front. You know, seven, but they know their roles. They play their roles. Um, a role player in a role is good, and that's something Bill Belichick seems to really know and try to uh, drive drive his team towards. And they have that all over the defense. They have guys who fit their roles very well. Um, their secondary is very talented. I know I just said the defense isn't super talented, but their, their safeties, that, they, they got three, four safeties that can start on any team in the NFL. Um, and they use them. They, they, they run three, four safety sets back there. They... That they'll sub out linebackers, get extra safeties in there. I was just showing you guys some some plays of Kyle Duggar. He's not a starter. <laughs> he he's their he's their nickel, a big nickel dimebacker. Like he comes in for probably about like 60, 50, 60% of the snaps and just wreaks havoc. Um, so really what that's saying is you're not gonna beat them deep very often. They they, they take that away very well, except for you'll get a few chances a game where you'll catch them pressed up pre-snap with single high, like very clearly single high. And those are when you're going to have your shots with double moves and stuff. Um, I hope that the Bears can get a shot to Mooney or Valis on one of those because I don't think they have any corners who can keep up with that speed. You need a confidence
0: but, booster for Valis, dude. need him to get another
2: touchdown. Yeah. So but, but they only do that a few times a game, most of the game you got to beat them underneath. Their linebackers can't really cover. Their are thumpers. They're there to stop the run. They're there to eat up blockers and to, to get in the run lanes. Um, so that's where you need to win in the pass game. And following the Baltimore model of how Baltimore, they put up like 37 points against them or something, it was all read option. They, they were tearing them up with read options all game. And then some RPO, RPO games off the read options that were really nice, really well uh, schemed up. And that's really – it opened up their running game, not just quarterback running game, but the halfback running game because they were running the same look of read options, handing it off. Um, That – I hope we see the Bears implement more of that this week because we haven't seen a lot of it this year. And I know Fields isn't really a runner based on his college college tape and everything. He was more of a passer who could run. Even we see it – we've seen it this year. He's not a schemed runner as often he is a scrambler, right? Most of his runs are scrambles where he's just running for his life and says, screw it, I'm taking it myself. I hope we see some more of that schemed-up uh, run uh, read option stuff this week.
0: Field says, fuck it, the first sound marker's down there somewhere.
2: <laughs>
1: Pretty much. <laughs> like the opposite of kyler murray like deandre hopkins is down there somewhere Well, my legs are right here the first down marker is there somewhere um no man i mean yeah that's that's an interesting point that you make about the read options and stuff because we haven't really seen too many of the rpo stuff either like and that's something i think that a lot of people have been frustrated with where you could you feel like fields is a perfect person to do that with so I would like to see a little bit more too as well this week. And I feel like going into that game against the Vikings just a couple weeks ago, I thought that that was a team that you could probably beat short in the short game because they play so far off. And then, you know, you're talking about this week, how they won't let you beat, beat them deep. We kind of saw the Vikings adjust a little bit. And then the, the bears were able to take shots downfield a little bit with like Mooney and some of these guys. So I'm wondering if, you know, maybe Bill Belichick and, and that team over there, they'll be looking to potentially adjust to some of the problems they've had on like maybe the RPO stuff and the short game. And then maybe you will get some of those deeper shots later on in the game. So that's something where, I mean, hopefully, like you said, Quentin, they do scheme a little bit more of that stuff up and use some some more Blossom game too. Like I, it's frustrating to me he had a career or season low snap percentage uh, in the game before the commander's game. And then last week they only used him. What was it? 8% of the time he played like six total snaps. I mean, he wasn't even in the game at all. And I feel like red zone issues were a big problem, obviously last, last week, but like, dude, help him out. Like Montgomery's a guy that he needs I feel like that extra blocker there, you have that extra blocker there for Montgomery. You're going to open up some more lanes in the running game. And then potentially you could do some more fake, fake type of stuff. So, I mean, the running game was great last week overall for the most part. But then there were, there were issues and there were times where it's like, you only need a yard. Like, let's put the fullback in. Let's grind this shit out. And that, that really bothered me last week.
2: So I was, uh, I was talking or I, I saw something from, uh, Bobby Peters, he puts out game man or uh, playbook manuals for pretty much every team in the NFL. sells them on Amazon. Like you buy, you can buy the Chicago Bears playbook manual, and it'll walk you through like the all twenty two of each play. And one thing that that he mentioned that someone was telling him was that a lot of uh, a lot of NFL defensive ends like those the uh, play action boots. They're being coached now to just not even pay attention to the run, just gun for the quarterback on them. Because worst case, when if if you go if you go after the quarterback, worst case, they're teaching their safeties come up. That's your lane. Get it. Give up maybe an eight yard run, as long as your safety can tackle. But best case, you're you know right on the quarterback when as he turns around. That's you know a dream scenario for those guys great spots, force a fumble, get a big hit, whatever. Um, so I saw in the Patriots versus Ravens game, they uh, they had their their fullback Patrick Ricard in there on a, on a play action boot. And Ricard on the boot actually didn't – he didn't follow the run action, which is, you know, the, the side of the play where the blocking's going to and where the running back would be going to if it was a handoff. He followed where Lamar was going to go to and took out that that backside defensive end who's left left untouched uh, i thought that was i mean i'd love to see the bears try something like that because fields has gotten blown up on those boots this year and it's starting to make mm-hmm. some sense to me as uh after seeing that from from bobby peters saying that and i just i love that design and i hope that they they do something with lozen game like that this week yeah
0: That's and a i great think, point.
2: i think to to reel back to Fields
0: point we've seen him the last few weeks break off big runs some have gotten called back because of penalties but the explosion and the creativity to make those moves in space because a lot of times you know you see Justin he'll get out of bounds or he'll slide but over the last few weeks we've seen him break off like some Michael Vick-esque runs and I know we don't want him running a lot but if I'm a coach right like even if it's not in my game plan we're going into this game. We're sitting on the ball. We're taking the air out of that motherfucker, and we're going to make you stop us running the football. We have more than enough capable backs in the backfield between Montgomery and Herbert, and then maybe you could throw a couple passes to Ebner or get him involved in some way. And then on top of that, Justin Fields turns into a running back when he crosses the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to to Monday. And somehow, way or another, we'll end up with, like, a 30-pass attempt game, even though we have, like, 30-pass attempts on the year. But in the NFL, one thing that we just have never seen with our Bears is, is take what the defense gives you. They always try to turn into, like, a bad scientist, and they try to do all this trickeration and these reverses and these bubble screens and all this misdirection. And I just think this is a game that you have to go into and pound the rock right down their teeth. Because like Quinn said, secondary, probably probably a little bit better than our receiver room in our passing game. So the way to beat them is on the ground. And I would utilize Justin Fields as, as much as I could in this game on the ground. And I know we don't run a lot of RPOs, but to have a quarterback like that and not have RPOs in your offense is like having a Ferrari in the fucking garage for 12 months and not using it. You know what I'm saying? It's like having a Ferrari and living in fucking Alaska. It makes no sense. He has quick speed. He's good in space. Utilize his legs, just like the Ravens do with Lamar, just like the Cardinals do with Kyler, just like we've seen with past quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not a hard concept to grasp and defenses always have more trouble with a guy that can create problems with his legs. And then it just so happens he has a nuclear bomb attached to his arm. We got to work on a little bit of the short accuracy, but that deep ball is still nice and, we don't utilize that enough either it's it's almost like we just play not to get killed every game and i just i'm tired of seeing it on offense
1: i mean you want this ideally you want the explosion to kind of meet the efficiency like ideally i mean that's any that's any nfl offense but like you're seeing some explosive plays and you've seen some people even on twitter and stuff mention the explosive plays And technically, like, that's not wrong. But, like, the way that they have the explosive plays, it, it, like, defeats the purpose of them when you shoot yourself in the, in the foot on plays that are easy and, like, short yardage situations where you need a couple yards. Like, you know, you got to find the, the happy medium here. And, you know, to kind of go back to what you were saying, V-Don, I mean, I mentioned this pre show last week, last week, going into the game against the Browns, the Patriots were 28th in run DVOA defense and they were bottom third in adjusted line yards. So they can be beaten on the ground. Why on earth would you throw the ball 45 times with Jacoby Brissett and expect to win a game when you have Nick Chubb? Oh, I was, I was saying, I and, thought you were
0: about to say we were going to throw it 45 times. I'm like, slow the boat down there. We are not going to touch <laughs> 45 not. times.
1: We're not even getting near that that mm-hmm. range. We might throw, we might not even throw it 22 times in this game. But I, I – I mean, you want to see a little bit of that baked in there, mixed in, right? Like, I want some deep shots, too, because if they just are sitting dead red underneath all game, then that's going to force them to come up, and then all of a sudden they're going to take away the short action, which you're going to try to pick on, like Quentin's talking about, like the intermediate routes, the short routes. Like, they're going to try to pick on that. We know we have, what we have with Montgomery out of the backfield is receiving back. I feel like that's going to be key this week, too, be able to set up some blockers for him, uh, move him around and get him in the receiving game going kind of like what we've been seeing but um yeah i mean to a lap here he's saying they keep trying to fit a square peg in a round hole let the QB play to his strengths fit the system around him not the other way around i agree i think you know there's times where they don't try they do try to play to his strengths in certain areas or like i mean because his strength is still throwing the football and then there's times where it fields, is not making the play that's given to him necessarily like like last week. We saw some duck throws early in the first half, and then we saw the the Ryan Griffin play. they just got to put it on the receiver. I mean, people can try to spin that any way they want as far as, like, lead the receiver. He wasn't fast enough, blah, blah, blah. He's wide open. You hit your receiver. You put it right on him. It doesn't matter. There's plays like that, and then there's plays where – the the receivers will let him down by not getting open or dropping the ball where he makes the correct read. The guy's wide open and you think you got a first down and the guy drops it or, you know, something stupid like that, or they're not getting separation. Two two throws he made at the end of the game, they should have won the game, right? Uh, One of those players catches the ball in the end zone. They win the game, which I know the one technically to Mooney, maybe it was a little bit short of a throw. Like he could have let him potentially a little bit more, I think, but like, you, it's right in your hands. Catch the freaking ball. Like, so there's times that the line lets him down the second half. The line was, was awful. Pass blocking was awful in the second half. The first half was pretty good. And then that's where – then he kind of found his rhythm after getting smacked in the mouth a million times, like you guys were talking about on the post game. It's like, where do we find this happy medium? Just find a happy medium. And I think this offense isn't really, like, as terrible as – I mean, it's bad. But, like, I don't think it is as terrible if you can just find a happy
2: medium. Yeah, I mean they don't. They have no short game. This offense has zero short game, and, I, and I'm not talking screens. That like behind the, uh, I think of it as four different four different segments of the field, right? Yeah, behind the line of scrimmage, you have short, which is zero to nine yards, intermediate ten to nineteen, long twenty plus. We have no short game to speak of whatsoever. Um, we are far below NFL average in throwing in that short range, just even trying it. Like we don't have, we don't have slams we don't have short posts we don't or short outs we don't have anything that those rhythm throws that you need aside from screens behind the line of scrimmage or like the, you know quick outs and stuff like that.
1: Do you think that was an overcorrection by this coaching staff to not to particularly not really throw in so too many short game short routes because of how
2: often Nagy was doing it? Honestly, I think it's. uh I think it's a strategy that will work great. A year ago, before the league made a giant shift too high and said no one's beating us deep like like we have been the last few years. This year, I mean, defenses are playing differently this year, and the offensive coordinators need to adjust to it. And the ones who like, there's a reason scoring is way down in the league right now, and it's because defensive coordinators were in like they were they were like Dr. Dre with a, a pen and a pad in the lab, you know, like all off season trying to think about how to stop Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert like and they're doing it it's a, the the two high safeties are like back it's the big thing again and it's working where they're saying we dare you to run up the middle you won't beat us do, doing it
1: um, yeah, I mean, that, it's definitely like it does feel like we're getting a lot of unders or like lower scoring games from some of these high quarterback matchups like these really good quarterback matchups where i even thought the bills and chiefs game was going to be a little bit higher scoring. Were they running too high in that game? I really wasn't paying yeah. that much attention. I was kind of out. Oh. Well,
2: so the, the Bills actually ran more game. man than they – the Bills threw a curveball at the Chiefs in that game. They ran – like they'd only run man coverage something like 20% of the time this season, and they ran it almost 60% of the time in that game. I think they had too high all game, though. So it was like it was like cover two man, basically. Mm, okay. But, yeah, they were they, – they, they threw a nice curveball at the Chiefs that – threw him off. Um, I mean, just
1: a random game I've mentioned, but like, it's just interesting to me when you're seeing it kind of across the league though.
2: Yeah. I mean, when scoring with, I mean, defense coordinators have a lot of pride too. They don't like giving up all those points, you know? Well, yeah. Um, And like Joey said, the, the scores this year have honestly, like just the football, the quality of football
0: from an offense, it doesn't matter what game you turn on. There really hasn't been like, Crazy shootout games this year. Like a lot of the football in my eyes has been better on the college side of things. Like, if you're looking for a game that you want to watch and there's points and it's coming down to the wire and it's not like Russell Wilson
1: TCU, not, baby.
0: Yeah, not Russell Wilson on his eighth drive in the fourth quarter or overtime where he hasn't crossed the 50, college football is where it's at. But unfortunately for us, we are a Chicago Bears podcast and we are an offensively challenged team. We're playing against a team that's not necessarily the best on offense, but they're schemed up to be better than than they should be. And then too, it's like you throw guys like Ramondre Stevenson in the equation. You got guys like John U. Smith over there on their offense. Like they're not slouches, but Bill Belichick knows the strengths of his players. And kind of to what alop was saying, it's like why are the Bears always behind the league? Like I feel like every time we hire a new coach, they are so set in their ways and not playing to their players' strengths, that it's back to the square peg in a round hole, and and then it's just the endless cycle of being a Bears fan.
2: I think it's because we never have any consistency in our coaching staff or front office whatsoever. There's no growth. There's no one developing through. There's no innovative ideas coming out of Halas Hall offensively ever. I mean, in my life, I I can't think of any anyone who's hired away from the Bears, other than maybe Adam Gase, who was already, you know, gonna be hired no matter what when he signed here. Um that continuity in a staff, I think it, you know, you're a guy coming up, you have an offer from the Bears and you have an offer from um the 49ers. You want to go under Shanahan. You don't want to go to stinking Hallis Hall and like and be fired in a year. Like no, you don't want that. that that that's that's the territory we're in. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't have fired people when they did, but like you gotta be careful when you hire people. you know you gotta find the right people and build continuity within that within this, build a system that's gonna keep building guys for you and building that that innovation within what you do.
1: yeah I think. It's real interesting too, like when you're talking about, you know, getting the job done on offense for the Pats and not necessarily having like the, the best talent in the league, like Bailey Zappi was not supposed to be this dude coming out of college, which we knew he was really good in college with Western Kentucky, but like, it's kind of interesting. Like I've been listening to some, some Patriots guys this week, and they've been talking about, I mean, obviously the power running game is working right now for them, the zone running game, the power running game, but like, it seems like they were trying to do the Alabama thing with Mac Jones, like taking it back to his Alabama days where they're doing like a lot of 11 personnel and like, you know, running out of shotgun, stuff like that. A lot of spread with, with Mac Jones, but now with Bailey Zappi, they're kind of like, they simplified things a lot and kind of doing more play action and stuff like that. So like, I'm, I'm kind of interested, like what you found Quentin with your tape with, you know, watching this team on offense, if you watched any of the, the offensive tape, with the Patriots and, like, if you saw any changes or, like, what what the Bears need to do on defense. Because, like, defensively, people can talk all day about, you know, whatever they did last week. But they, what, 99 passing yards to Carson Wentz and the touchdown shouldn't even been put on them because of yeah. the,
2: the muff punt. So, like, defensively,
1: I thought they were pretty damn good against Washington.
2: Yeah. Um. So I can't take credit for – I can take credit for – noticing it after knowing it existed, but before I started watching film, I heard, uh, I forget who Robert Mays had on his podcast, but he was talking about it um, on that, like, football show of that the Patriots for, you know, decades have been building this offense that is everything, all encompassing, you know, it has everything in it, everything you could possibly dream of because they have the guys, who could do it? You know, they had Tom Brady there who could do any, like, you know, he's getting a lot of say in what is being built to. They had so many variations, so many, they were, there were, they, there was no limits on their offense. And that really waters down the type of additions you can bring into your team, you know, because you need guys who fit any scheme, any concept, anything and can do it all. And this year, especially since Zappi came in, they've really started to say, you know what, this is a good chance to hit the reset button and rebuild our identity on offense of what we want to be. So you're seeing them do a lot more like throwback to like when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. The, the heavy sets, condensed heavy sets, power run game, play action off of that. And then they're sprinkling in spread concepts for Bailey's appy because it's what he ran at Western Kentucky.
0: Dude, he was a dog in college. He still is a dog. He He still still, is a dog. I still love him. But
2: the way he played in
0: college was nuts, bro. Like he was throwing for like four or 500 yards a game.
1: How many Western Kentucky overs did you guys bet on? A A bunch. Yeah. Like like this dude, he threw for over 300 yards last week. Like I. They think he's actually going to be pretty decent if Mac Jones – like, I'm not saying we have a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation here. I know it's been thrown out there, but Bledsoe was doing it for way longer than Mac Jones has, so that's just ridiculous, plus Tom Brady's the GOAT. But, like, I mean, higher draft pick, Mac Jones, it could be – I don't know, man.
2: So, Zappy, dude lets it rip, man, and he is, he is calm, cool, and collected in pressure – in, in the pocket navigating out of the pocket he's just he doesn't look like a rookie um quick processor he, he, he i saw him hit second third read a few times in the tape so i i did notice he was he was staring down his first read quite a bit throughout it but i did see instances where he was like he moved on quickly and got to the next guy got to the next guy and hit the throw limited arm i he, he missed some throws pretty badly that were, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield, I did notice. So I almost want to make him prove he can hit those before I'm worrying too much about him because I haven't seen him hit. I mean, he hit he hit a few, like, intermediate shots, but I didn't see him hit any bombs. Um, and he makes all the line calls, which is very impressive for, for a kid who was drafted where he was as a rookie or seeing him be a beat out up yelling out there mm. like he's – it's impressive. Yeah, um, we
0: can't, we, we're we dealing with a quarterback that's still having a problem trying to be a defense. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, good luck calling out the I – mean, I see Fields trying to do that at certain points. Fields but, Fields does do it this year. That's why Mustapher's head's are always between his legs because <laughs> Fields is <laughs> doing it, not Mustapher. Mustapher's trying to hear him. <laughs>
1: well, because I thought I thought Lucas Patrick was like trying to help a little bit too, but like I don't know. I, th- I mean, I
2: thought he might have been, but at this point, it seems like Fields is doing all line calls for the Bears, um, which is interesting. But
1: can we? Can, that's the next person. Sorry, not to. I wanted you to continue, but ISM got cut, and I think that's reason for celebration. But when does Sam Mustafer get strapped to the rocket ship next? Like he's next. He's got to go. I'm sorry, this dude. I know we t- say whatever we want about PFF, whatever. No one with as many pass blocking snaps as Sam Mustafer has a lower grade than Sam Mustafer. And uh, continue, Quentin. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Um, so Patriots have made a lot of stuff easier for Zappy too. Like I said, running some spread concepts for, from Western Kentucky. Um, when they do take shots, they're in max protect a lot. So, like, they'll keep six, seven guys in to, to pass protect for them. To make sure he has that clean pocket to work with, uh, which means defensive backs might be able to eat on that play. And um, yeah, that's really all I got on Zap. I was I was just impressed with the dude's toughness and his calmness in the pocket.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, this dude looks legit, man. I don't know, like I don't know if he's because Mac Jones. I guess there's like talk about him potentially coming back this week, like, I don't, you know, he's not hundred percent with the ankle, but like there's been talk about him like potentially playing in this game. I don't know. Like, would you, I mean, of course they're going to go back to Mac Jones for now, but like,
0: yeah, he's listed as questionable for this game. So, I mean, and I, I heard that that same kind of story where it's like, he might end up playing in this game. They have a long time between their last game in Cleveland. And then he's been out since God, like week two or week three, right? Like he's been out mm-hmm. for a while. It was an ankle injury. Those are nasty. Mac, Mr. McChicken, Mr. McCorkle is obviously not a very talented runner, but I think it's it's tough to game plan for a game like this, right? But both quarterbacks are similar. I think. I think they're similar quarterbacks. Obviously not down to a T, but I think that Mac can still hit those long throws, and he's good at, at finding receivers that are open, like they were at Alabama. But when we got the DBs that we got, I don't think they're going to be that wide open. So No
1: shot. Like, no uh, shot. They're receiving core? No, no shot. No,
0: yeah. And I mean, we don't have an official injury report, but I can just run through what I see listed on ESPN, which is basically all we have at this point since it's so early in the week for a Monday game. But Mac Jones, Damian Harris, Nelson Aguilar on the offense are all questionable, as well as Kendrick Bourne. And you know Kendrick Warren from his time with the Niners. So right now at receiver, they just got Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Slater, Tyquan Thornton, and then two guys that are questionable. And then on the defensive side of the ball, questionable players include Christian Barmore, Lawrence Guy, Jonathan Jones, and Josh Uche. Two linebackers and two defensive linemen. So, I mean, very pivotal positions. Obviously, we don't have an official injury report, but that is – Four questionable players on defense and four questionable players on offense. All that play key roles on that team if you've watched Patriots football, you know. Quentin, I can run through the list real quick if you don't have it pulled. Yeah. Away. So, yeah, offensively, it's Mac Jones, questionable, Damian Harris, Nelson Aguilar, and then uh, Kendrick Bourne. And then on defense, it's Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Josh Luce, and Jonathan Jones. All of those players are questionable. So, and that's off ESPN, so I don't know so, how accurate that is, but
2: I wouldn't be too worried about you said Justin Jones. Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones. Uh they got Jack Jones, a rookie in like the fifth round this year he's played great. Um it was, have Jonathan he's still Jones. a step down from Jonathan Jones, but like Jack
0: Jones and Marcus Jones all left left cornerbacks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's one two and the 30. Joneses. And they're gonna be <laughs> <and> Joneses. <laughs> That's gonna be hard to call for the announcer. Wait, is Jones on the is, England, is their uncle, or like yeah, their... he has <laughs> to be. He's, he um, might be their grandpa. so but um let's see who else. So Agalor and uh, Born. Agalor probably hurts more than Born. Born's been in Belichick's doghouse all year. There's been trade speculation around him. He really hasn't had a role this year. Tyquan Thornton's back. They keep. He matters a lot more than Kendrick Bourne at this point. Um They've been getting him some. That's a kid from play. Baylor, too, right? Type yeah. one, Gordon. Yeah, the they play. still. I mean, there was there was rumors out there that the Bears wanted him, and that's why they ended up with Bayless because Patriots came up and got him. Um, Didn't
1: you like him in the draft, Quentin? Or was that one of the guys that you were looking at a camera? I for? wasn't
2: super high on him, but I wasn't low on him either. Like I. I thought there was potential there, but I didn't think he was worth where he got drafted, which I'm looking kind of wrong on right now because he's looking pretty good. <laughs> um and they still got Jacoby Myers out there who is might be a future bear free agent this year. I love Jacoby Myers. Um He does everything but
0: everything but get into the end zone. Mm-hmm. He's
2: got there this year a few times. <laughs> finally. Yeah,
1: um finally. last year, what did he he didn't
2: have one last year, did he? I think he had one, maybe. He did. I think it last year might I think have been. He his may first have only time. had one career. Yeah, I think it was his year. first career but one last. He's year. He's like that
0: guy that you get in fantasy that you look on. You're like, how did he get 12 points? And he has like, yeah, 20 it's yards. The, it's the it's he's been like my my fantasy
2: like final round pick for the last like three years because he's just when you need a receiver, he's gonna get you 10 points. It's great. <laughs> Um, and then they still got Devontae Parker. So that th- they got three starters there at receiver. So I wouldn't be too worried do, about that you guys,
1: Do you guys remember the debate that was like on fantasy football Twitter? I don't know if you guys like ever get sucked into the weeds on Twitter with fantasy football, but like the debate of like, is it Nikhil Harry number one or is it Jacoby Myers? Like back when there was all that talk and like. I'm glad we, you, no, we have Nikhil I'm Harry.
0: So I'm glad you brought up Nikhil Harry because this is the Nikhil Harry revenge game if he is to play in this game, like what a spot for him to get his, his first start as a bear.
2: Best blocker on the team. <laughs> Does he block better uh, than Carson Wentz? Uh Elop has Alap
0: <laughs> has some words with uh with Sam Mustafer. And then yeah too, Alap also too. He uh me and Alop have this running joke that I always say, fuck your fantasy team, nobody cares about your fantasy team. <laughs> and in response, Alap will say fuck your bets. Nobody cares about your bets. But he wished me luck yesterday and I went seven and one. So I was oh. and it was soccer, basketball, uh whatever the hell was on that was like legitimate sports. I somehow just put in a slip and it hit.
1: Collapse um, the lucky charm then. But
0: but as you all know, those things even out and it didn't take long. But we got a couple of nasty slips that still got some legs going. But what are you guys looking at for betting for this game? So do we see what the line is for this game yet? Joey, I eight? think I saw you tweet something eight. earlier in the week, right? I think it's it up to eight, eight yesterday, now,
1: but I took it at seven and a half. So I, I like the Bears spread to keep it close in this game. Do they win the game? Absolutely. I'm not going to bet that.
0: Uh, I had I mean, money. We all had money line last week. It was a very tense show. Me and Quentin were not happy about yeah, that. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, we all did, man. man. It's crazy because like before the week even got. To like closer to Thursday, I was like Sunday night when they put the line out, or mm-hmm. whenever they put the line out, I just I saw it and I'm like, bam, hammer Damn. that money line. I, I found
0: guess. I found one, guys. Uh, Bears over one and a half team total touchdowns, plus one twenty five. I don't love it. I don't love it either. But at least <laughs> if you get the one touchdown, you're just a pucker away from that second one.
2: I'm not sure there's a single bet in this game I will like. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm just yeah. staying away from this game. I kind of like, like the under, to be
1: honest with you. If I'm, for really, like, But then then you look back at the Browns game. I loved the under last week. Two slow-place teams that like yeah. to run the ball, and it was 43-and-a-half, and that thing got smashed with, like, two
2: touchdowns in the final five minutes or something. <laughs> these, like, the Browns fucking suck, dude. The Browns fucking suck. These defensive backs are hawking for that football. Like, they are smart. They are veteran. They want the football. It all it takes is a few turnovers to kill an under.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A couple picks and it's over with. Yeah.
2: That's what North happened North North last North. week with the Browns. They just yeah. Jones, Muff Punt. Yeah. I think um, they
0: I think they have this game like like right around the right number. Like eight's a pretty solid number for this game.
2: Yeah. I think it's uh, too I'm not, hard, but I, I don't think I'm I i do not think
0: I'm betting it. I'm just staying far away. Oh yeah, no, after last week they're banned for the foreseeable future.
2: I might, I might bet Justin Fields over passing yards if I if I like the number because That's hit like three weeks in a row. It's Like now one half, yeah,
0: something like that.
1: I'll tell you guys a, a a model bet that a lot of people like though is they like like when you fade teams that are coming off of good games where they look dominant, and the team comes off of a bad game where basically in like the public eye they look like dog shit. Uh, that's the time that you really want to bet because you could see an over-adjusted line. So that's why I kind of think, like, a, anything more than six is probably too much and maybe an overreaction on the, the spread side. But, I mean, realistically, yeah. I want the Bears to win. So, like, maybe I, I'm going ca- to I can buy
2: into that theory. I just I don't feel good enough about it this week to do it, I guess, like – yeah, and yeah, we don't. Bears have are Bears coming off a super ugly loss. The Patriots are coming off a dominant win, starting a fourth round rookie who might he's never he's never seen defensive backs like the Bears, like yeah Jackson, Brisker, Gordon, and Johnson is the best secondary that he's ever faced.
1: Now you're talking yourself into
2: the Bears spread again. See, there you go. Right, but <laughs> it's it's just it's all a lot of. <laughs> I ifs. take the point. There's nothing I'm confident in here. Is my point? Like, there's a lot of, I can see it going either way. I can see. I, I just don't have a strong feel for this game, so I'm just stay. I can see it going one of a hundred different ways, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. yeah,
0: and hopefully we find a way to win a football game in this one because we have lost what now three in a row. The sneaky, sneaky three or uh, four in a row. So could right.
1: be
2: three in a row wins.
0: Yeah, it's three in a row because we won week one. So yeah, I don't know. I think the thing is were they all were they all by. One how many
2: possession.
0: points are less? Five, like eight, five? and then one or two, right? Because Was much? it eight? Or no. We I lost by eight. Like, eight, I think was eight or less. It was like seven okay. or eight to the Vikings. And yeah, then yeah, like five, you're right. And then, yeah, not a lot of points. Like, we are losing one possession games because. Right there, man. Yeah, we don't have the coaching and or the players in those positions to step up and make the plays. And then even last week, if you look at it, right, like, as much as we don't want to look back at it, you're an NFL team. Four plays from the five-yard line, you have to be able to score. If you can't score, you should be relegated to the fucking XFL. I don't care. We need relegation in, in America. But I'm on
1: the EPL, dude. All those ties at zero zero.
0: Dude, I honestly thought if the numbers worked out, that was a game on Thursday last week that probably could have ended in a tie. Like, for sure. And even the game uh, Monday night. There's been a lot of very tie-esque games in the NFL this year. But that goes to my point earlier that the football – is that the quality football is being played more on the defensive side of the ball, kind of to Quentin's point, than it is on offenses. Even, like, offenses like the Bills and Chiefs, you really, outside of the Chiefs game against the Bucks, haven't seen, like, a crazy, crazy offensive explosion more than maybe once a season from a team. And I don't know what it is, but maybe, maybe it's a little bit of that cover, two that you guys were talking about. Maybe defenses are just tired of getting bombed on, and, and the league's been an over league for a while. And now us sickos that like to pucker up for a couple third and fourth down stops can make a little extra cash when we bet the under instead.
1: It's when you just Aaron. bet it and walk away. You don't watch it.
2: Yeah. Y'all want me to warm up the hype machine a little? Warm it up. So, so I'm ready to get hyped. I'm ready. The last time Justin Fields like left it all out on the field making plays, and then had a Monday night football game after. He left it all in the field against San Fran last year, right? Tried to put the team on his back and carry it all. Wasn't great in the first half. Second half marched him back and came up just short. Next week they had Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh on Monday night against a strong defense, and he threw put together a hell of a game. Um, I mean, best game
0: he's ever played. I was going to say that Steelers game, even though we lost that game, I still learned a lot about this team and saw that fight. And I think that's one thing that I think at least us as Bears fans can respect. Even though we don't have the best players on the field, they still somehow always find a way to come back in these games and make them more competitive. I think the key to this week is maybe let's not go into the halftime break just shitting down our leg. Like Maybe let's try for a halftime lead. Let's let's set the uh the bar low. Let's just start with a halftime lead, and then see how we can adjust in the second half and go from there. But uh, run make sure you don't
2: forget the orange slices and and don't have fun. That's what happened.
0: Don't have fun or tell or tell the broadcast that you're having fun. And honestly, oh my God, it's gonna it, be interesting to see who's listening to the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning cast because I know they're just gonna be torching the Bears the whole time.
2: I'm just glad it's not Kirk Herbstreit because he's just Herbstreit's he, awful he was brutal on field. It's like just every blaming everything on him. Not that he had no fault, but like he was just going after him at a certain point. And it yeah. was just like, relax, man. Like I know that you're a college, you're a college announcer, and you're still getting used to the NFL. But like you're going in on a guy a little too hard right now. Well, it, he's, it, he's it not was even not enjoyable.
1: It's not like. You know, this guy has a ton of experience that you're expecting him to yeah. know all this stuff this his second year, like not even close to like a you know, full season of the second year. Like he didn't even play a full season last year. Like he's not gonna know all this stuff. And he's like some of it was just ridiculous that he was calling it on him that yeah. was not on him. And I'm like Like
2: ne- next time they're on Thursday night football if Herb Street's still the announcer, I wouldn't be surprised if Fields isn't talking to him pregame. Like I wouldn't. After he's going after me like that, like why? Why am I gonna give you anything to work with? Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, like,
0: and yeah, we talked about that a little bit last week too, where we just have not been a fan of Herb Street on the call for the NFL games. It hasn't been. Yeah.
1: Now. I remember you said beat on like he uses like the college game as like a crutch type thing when he's calling like, like he leans on like what they did in college a little too much. Where it's like, you come to the NFL, you're a completely different player, and there's a reason why guys. Get drafted in like the fourth round that were like great in college, right? Like it's just totally different. You're looking for different things out of these players.
2: Alabama every week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's a real, like, that's a real squad. Like, and then you can really judge. That's why a lot of these players get taken from Alabama, Georgia, you know, these big universities, even if they don't seem like they're studs, they played against upper echelon competition. Um I mean they might have been really good obviously too. That's what they're looking for too, but um yeah man, it's like dude, I just don't want to be a laughing stock on Monday night. Like just please like put together something where it d- looks like somewhat acceptable because I'm so sick of primetime bears and everybody just jumped the wagon, jumped the gun and like this team sucks, this organization sucks, everything about it sucks. We know the talent's not there in this team yet. And we know that there's a long ways to go in developing a lot of these players yet, but like, just make it somewhat fun. Like I'm just, I'm sick of seeing it every time we're on primetime. Oh, time to go to sleep. The bears are on like, you know, what happened with that game with the on Sunday with the Packers, the first half of that game, I was watching. I'm like, Oh, you know what? If this was on primetime, what would people be saying about this game? Cause this is an absolute fucking snoozer in the first half, but because it's not on primetime, it gets magnified when the Bears are on prime time. And it's like a snoozer. So, like, just please, you want, like, you want a fun Bears game thing. on prime
2: time? Give us Bears lines. Put that on prime time.
1: Or Bears Cardinals. Just watch, oh, cool.
2: just watch two teams that have absolutely no fucking clue what they're doing out there. <laughs> it would be more fun than watching one team get dominated. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, let's run through it, boys. Offensive, defensive, and then uh, offensive, and defensive key players, and then. Mm-hmm score prediction for this game. Joe, you go first.
1: Offensive player, Justin Fields. I like Quentin's narrative there. I think uh, if the bears are going to win this game, it will be because of Justin Fields. Yeah. We're going to have to run the ball and stuff like that too, of course, but um, you're going to really see like the real deal out of Justin Fields, if they're going to beat a really good coach team like the Patriots. So maybe he does carry some of that second half flavor into this Monday night game. I like that on offense. Um, defense, I will go with – that's always a tough one. I'm going to say the trade rumors and all that stuff with Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn gets a sack. Robert Quinn gets a forced fumble. Robert Quinn steps up this game.
2: Because he wants out? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much.
1: <laughs> Make it worth it. Make it worth it to trade yeah. me, yeah.
2: Um, offense, David Montgomery. Got – He's in a timeshare now. I think he's going to be pretty motivated by that. And aside from motivation, I don't really think Monty needs that much motivation, but these linebackers aren't very good in coverage. I think if you're smart, you're getting linebackers manned up on Monty, and you're using that to your advantage. I think Monty's going to catch a good amount of balls this week, and I think he's going to have a good amount of yards on it. Uh, Defense, Teddy Jackson. You got fourth fourth or fifth round rookie starting quarterback. I want Eddie playing games with him. And then what do you have for a score prediction? Score prediction. I haven't looked at my numbers yet, but probably going like let me think. Three, so that's nine. Plus. Let's go. Pats, 27, Bears, 17. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't give my prediction.
1: To yeah, lap. Right. Oh, go ahead, done. sorry.
0: No, give your score prediction real quick. Uh, I'm
1: going to say 20 to 16, Patriots.
0: You guys suck. All right, let's do this. So on offense, uh. I think I'm going to go back to the well. A few weeks ago, I called for Justin Fields, 200 yard plus 50 or like 250 plus yards. I think Justin Fields gives us 300. I think this is like an empty the clip game for him. Cause if you guys remember the draft process too, a lot of mocks had him mocked at 15 to the Patriots. And obviously he never got to 15 at the Patriots, but maybe those conversations were had maybe Belichick uh, believed in him and you know what? I'm not saying it's a narrative for a revenge game, but I do think that Justin Fields elevates his game when the stakes are higher and going up against one of the best coaches in the history of the sport, if not the best coach in the history of the sport. And I know he has his way with young quarterbacks. I think Justin knowing that is going to go out there and just absolutely donkey punch the Patriots linebackers and front, just their whole front side. Like he's going to have as many yards. I'm honestly, I might put in, there is one bet that I might put in on uh Monday and, it, and it's going to be Justin Fields over on yards, but like the highest number that is available for alternate, like whatever the alt number is, that's the number I'm taking. I will keep you guys posted as to what that number is. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think, I think it's an interesting game because we really don't know who's playing quarterback, but I think the pressure is the most important thing in this game because on one hand, you either have a wounded warrior and Mac Jones returning to the lineup, and on the other hand, you have Bailey Zapp, in a rookie quarterback that, like you said, he hasn't seen DBs like this. Imagine when he has the, you know, the guys that we have on that front four going after him. So I think if I had to give a defensive player of the game, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Gibson because I think more of the attention will be focused on Robert Quinn which leaves more open on the other side for Travis. And honestly, he's been playing phenomenal up to this point. Score prediction. (sighs) I'm going to go. I'm going to go 16. I'm going to go 19 to 16, just like Monday Night Football. Absolute stink fest. A lot of field goals. I don't know if that gives them enough points for the over. But And it doesn't give them enough points for the team total on touchdown. So I might have to to reel it back on that. But I do think that this is an offense after seeing what happened to us last week, right? We got into the red zone three times and took zero points away from it. This week they're taking field goals. They're taking the points where they can get them. And it honestly, it'll drive some Bears fans crazy, but this is an offense that at no point can you allow to leave points on the board. So weird score, weird prediction, the NFL is weird. We're going with Joey's trend to say this team just shit pumped a team last week and we got, we lost in such a bone crushing way. Bears by a million. Do we have any? Um, cl- go ahead.
2: I can, uh, I'm, I'm going to update my score prediction because I just checked my models. Uh, Bears 16, Patriots 21. is what the math says.
1: Oh, so, damn, you're so close to mine. Yeah.
2: That is, very, well, it's technically 15 and a half to like 21.8, but. Oh, well. So you can get some leeway there. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little, you, you made it a little bit more in favor of the Bears, I see. But <laughs> I
1: like it. I could see them. You know what? It wouldn't shock me to see them win this game. It would shock me in the sense of you're playing against a good coach, experienced coach, who obviously the best ever. But, like, and look at the way he talked about the Bears. Like, I don't know if you guys saw, like, the amount of words He spoke to the media, like, about the Bears and how talented they are. Like, it's like, dude, nobody in the league is saying this except for you, Bill Belichick. So, like, he is so prepared. That part of it would shock me. But, like,
2: Belichick does that every week. (laughs) Like, every week he builds up his opponent.
1: Crazy. He was it's doing the uh, same thing
2: when Mitch was here. I remember. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I saw I saw the quote from Mitch today, and it was very similar to what he said about field. So do we have any final thoughts for this evening, boys? Bears by a million.
0: We're gonna we gotta find a way, dude,
2: because before hey, you know
0: it, we'll be on like a six-game losing streak.
2: Bailey's app is gonna give you chances to get the ball. This is true. He's, he's got, he's got brass balls. He, he's fearless out there. And I think that, I think that that's defensive backs always say they love a quarterback who trusts his arm too much. And that's where I see what Bailey's happy. Now it hasn't hit him yet. If he's smart, it won't bite him, but it might, he, may, he gave Cleveland some opportunities that they couldn't take advantage of.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks have a tendency to turn over the football, and he hasn't had that, like, scary game yet, right, where Patriots fans are all ripping their head out. Maybe the Bears find a way to get after him and create that havoc in the backfield and he gives us a couple turnovers. It's been a while since we've seen this defense get a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown, so that that's something that I'd like to see out there on, on Monday. But, yeah, it's going to be a, a nasty game, another offensive game. Uh, Slugfest, if you will. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's going to be gross. And hopefully we can find a way to be a little less gross than they are and find a way to come away with a victory because this team needs that confidence boost at this point in the season. With that being said, we'll be back with you guys Monday night following the Bears Patriots. Expect us right after kickoff, probably within 15 minutes, to get you guys up to speed on everything that happened. Hopefully it's a Bears victory that we're recapping. But for tonight, that will be all. Make sure before you ta- before you head out, you give my guys a follow at Jelly Knows Nothing and then at Butcass Stats for Jelly and Quentin. And then you can follow our main account at Bears tab Don't forget to follow little old me, B 300 But We will be back with you guys Monday night. Like I said, recapping a Bears dub. I'll put that in there. I had to throw a little stank on it. Hopefully get you guys ready for the rest of this season. But we really do appreciate you for listening tonight. We got nothing else for you guys and bear. Yeah, bear down,
1: bear down.